Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to episode 173 of Geek Town Radio. I'm your host Dave, and I have with me Gray. Hello. <laughs> How you doing? I am doing very well, thank you very much. Good, good. What have you been up to recently? Well, similar to episode 172, when I heard you speaking to Ross last week, I have also been moving. Um, ah, I, yes. yes, I have moved back to Sussex. I know when I first joined Geek Down back in January, I was just moving up to London, but I have now <laughs> moved back to Sussex and I'm very, very happy. I'm in a lovely little flat, which does mean I have to commute a bit more, but I, I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit but, more. But com- you're not having to sell off organs to pay rent so you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true as well and i don't have to share with anyone which is a a new refreshing difference for me so yes of course (laughs) Uh, so obviously that means um i have have been waiting for my tv to transfer over here so i've been in a little bit of a vortex with holidays and things like that i haven't really been watching huge amounts on the live tv Mm. so i've been relying on my uh catch-up thing so i've got into the new 911 which yes, is on sky Witness. yeah i really like it it's really different i was a bit gutted to hear that connie um won't be back for season two um yeah. I, I think i heard you say that a couple of weeks ago and so yes. i went, went researching that and i was gutted because actually that's a really nice sort of angle on that makes it different yeah i i'm guessing that there is going to be a a new character in as a dispatcher or as a you know a 911 operator because yeah. i mean she's sort of quite central to the whole premise of the thing so well, I, i'm guessing there's going to be somebody new in that role just not obviously the same character a new character but but then I, I was yeah they've spent a lot of money on that cast i mean angela bassett connie nelson peter kraus you know that's, yeah, that's yeah. a real bumper bumper cast isn't it yeah so. yeah no and it's it's a really good show i i did wonder because it's ryan murphy and it's the first time time that that you know he's he's known for things like american horror story and american crime story and then he comes along with a procedural yeah know? yeah yeah um, uh, but it's it's a really good quality procedural you know it's yeah, really very nicely good done. i gave instinct to try i'm gonna just hold my judgment on that a couple more episodes please right. before i make a real sort of, I, I like it but i'm not sure about it Yes, um, I, I can understand I, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I feel like I'm I'm watching like a bit of The Mentalist back in the day. Do you right. remember The Mentalist? I, getting, I did, never I'm, saw it, but yes, oh, yes I'm I getting vibes it. of that a little bit. Right, um, yeah. 
And then I watched SWAT and um, I think it's a program I shouldn't like because it's just very procedural, very cliched. And but I'm about three episodes in already. I've, I've, it's yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's really good. SWAT's very much uh, in the vein of things like Hawaii Five O and those sort of standard CBS type procedurals. It's, yeah. You know, it's a remake of an old show and a film and it feels very much in that mold, but it does it so well. It's one yeah. of those shows that just really, really does it well. And uh, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that series as well. I mean, I, as I've got older, I've started watching more and more procedurals, I think. And uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, so I, I like, I mean, I've always liked things like a Wi-Fi. I've, when Magnum, I'm sure comes out and will get picked up over here. I'm sure that's what another one I'll watch. Cause I loved the original <laughs> series. So, uh, so yes, I, yeah. I, I've been thoroughly enjoying SWAT. It's good. Um, over to Netflix, um, I decided to uh, complete a couple of series that have been hanging on my like downloads for a while. So I completed Safe, which was the Harlan Coben thriller. I, yes. I, I literally finished that this morning on my commute to work. Right. Um, and then I finished Travelers Season 1 on the way home from work. And that's, <laughs> a, that's a 2016 um, sort of sci-fi time travel with Eric McCormick, who yes. plays Billy Wynn and Grace. Brilliant, it's really brilliant. good. Really Show, good. Yeah. Yeah. You know me and sci-fi, Dave. I have to be really won over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and I really, really enjoyed that. So those are two that I finished. I'm about two episodes left of Ricky and Rick and Morty season three, and I'm going to finish that tonight, I think. Yeah. Um, and so then I sort of started trying out some new ones. Um, and so before I start watching Atypical season two, because I do want to watch that, I tried Paradise PD. Now it popped up on my feed because I must have watched some other adult animations on Netflix. Probably because of Rick uh, and Morty, I would yeah. think, yeah. Um, it's it's all right. I'm one episode in. I need to give it a bit of time. But oh, I'll tell you one thing I really love, the Ultimate Beastmaster <laughs> UK. So this, I don't know where it came from. It popped up on like possible new series I should watch. And I previously have been a fan of things like Total Wipeout and right. Ninja Warrior UK. Um, and then it had this re- bizarre thing that Danny Minogue's one of the co-hosts. So I thought, <laughs> really? what, what, okay. what is this about? And it is just a weird show but really good so if you watch Ninja Warrior UK it's very much like that however in each heat there's one person from each of the nine countries participating right so us in the UK are watching the Great Britain version so we get our voiceovers by the two um, hosts that are British and they're in their little booth but around around them as the Italians the Germans the Australians (laughs) the Americans the Mexicans the Koreans and they are also commentating on their competitor and our competitor. So Interesting. it's a yeah. intense show. You're watching it. They're trying to do this like impossible sort of trip across this assault course. And then you've got these crazy hosts. You've got subtitles. You've got um, huge audience reactions. And I, I was really hooked on it a little bit. And so I'm going to probably go back and watch a couple more episodes of that. Um, so that was even fun as well. Yeah. I mean, out of those uh, travelers, I really like There's two seasons of that out already. There's a third in- incoming as well. Really, really good show. Very enjoyable. Very much the, that sort of Canadian sci-fi 
feel to it you know so yeah. you, you know the sort of show it's going to be rick and morty obviously is brilliant and there's hundreds of episodes of that coming yeah i've not watched ultimate beastmaster they're not my sort of things but i'm i'm glad that they're you know they're doing that sort of thing and they're doing it well paradise pd i've not actually watched yet but again it popped up for me so uh and and safe i watched the first episode of it i did enjoy it i just haven't got around to going back and watching the rest of it but uh harlan coburn's actually signed an exclusivity deal with netflix i think now i heard so about this there's yeah. going to be more of of those uh type of dramas the five he did for sky before yeah, yeah. he went over and sort of signed everything with with netflix and it's it's very much that sort of uh it's interesting very kind of british feel british feeling drama but starring michael c hall which is yeah, doing yeah. a british He's quite convincing very british, british very british yeah, yeah. Yes. so um, uh, but uh, yeah dave it's really good really good I, I, uh, I, I, a couple of other things i've just been finally getting the chance to watch lucifer season one really enjoying that that's on amazon brilliant uh, yes i i'm officially because i'm a really bad film reviewer for um geek town and I've decided to become the official Great British Bake Off reviewer <laughs> because that's that's something yeah, well, I can watch each week. <laughs> you're one, of, one of the few people that, that does this that does actually watch it. I think Ross may watch it. I, I yeah. you probably shout at me for saying that if, if that isn't the case. But uh, I yes, I've never watched an episode of Bake Off, uh, and I don't intend to start at this point. So <laughs> uh, I did go and see one film, however. So I went and saw Black Klansman, um, something that had really sort of piqued my interest. It's not the normal film that I would go and see uh, but it's a spike lee film um it, it portrays the uh, cop in the 1970s i believe who's one of his first jobs is to infiltrate the klu klux klan and it's it's really cleverly done it's tinged with a bit of a uh, real life footage towards the end um and it's a huge commentary on sort of like the difficulties of that sort of period of time it's quite a tough watch it really is a tough watch that you know they do good warning at the beginning with it's rating about the use of racial language and racial sort of xenophobia and yeah it's, it's quite a tough watch but you know it was it was good i enjoyed it i definitely would uh, give that a four star rating and if you really want to think and you're really want to sort of get involved in sort of that discussion i know it's a very important discussion in society at the moment i definitely would recommend black Klansman. yes yes, yes type so. of thing spike lee does incredibly yeah. well so yeah. uh, it's uh, Adam Driver's in it as well. Adam Driver as well, yes. yes. Um, and uh, the last thing, I went to Friends Fest in Brighton yesterday. It's, <laughs> I know it's done a tour around uh, a lot of the country, but it's finally got down to Brighton. So I had tickets and I, I took my friend. And it is just like the, the three hours of absolute great nostalgia. Um, and, you know, you can go around and get dressed up in some of the costumes and take pictures in front of the key sets and you can go on the stage and you know <laughs> me and my friend went and we watched it in the original run and I just really just felt happy and it was really good and it was all very nice and they all did little you know special things like all the food was branded with certain um sort of elements of the show that like was joey's pizza there was a mocha look cabin in which sold like chocolate milkshakes and waffles uh there was the buffet the the vegan buffet diner which was <laughs> all these great little things um the only thing that annoyed me dave and this still continues to annoy me is like, uh, we're taking pictures on the set and there's like these 10 and 12 year olds running around near us and i'm like they weren't alive <laughs> <laughs> Why are they here? They're so annoying. <laughs> it's <a> show. <laughs> to, be fair, to be fair, it has been a reruns pretty yeah. much constantly, so they may know it from that, or it's more yeah. likely that their parents brought them. But, but uh, they, 
they were saying all the quotes they were doing all the lines oh well there you go you see. So I, I get it I get it it's just I get very like oh that's my era stop yeah. taking my era <laughs> yeah no, I, I've been on the set because they've got it they had it set up uh, the coffee shop set they of Central Perk they had set up at uh, Warner Brothers Studios yeah. in yeah. LA so I've been on the sofa there and you know sat and taking photos on the sofa but uh, yeah this is ace this the, uh, the yeah. idea of just taking because they've got Ross's apartment set and they've got like the corridor and Monica's apartment and all that mm. sort of stuff. Yeah, so, yes. I've been I've been on the real one in um Hollywood too, and it is you know they've done really well with it. Obviously, it's not the real things and all that, and it's all replica. But yeah. um, it's it's just a really I think it's great. And you know what, Comedy Central are definitely making the most out of their purchase. Yes, um, but you know that I don't know what's happened now that Channel Five and Netflix have got it in the UK. It's uh everyone's got the rights to it now haven't they yes yeah clearly they've they've lost the exclusivity but you know friends is a great series i'm i'm glad it's going to be you know around forever probably so so dave what have you been up to well um i've pretty much binging my way through the originals this week that's been the main thing i've been on because uh, season five of that came out last week on uh, netflix so i've been binging my way through that it's really interesting watching it knowing that there is another spin-off series coming because you've got legacies coming which is this the new thing that follows the um child of the michelson clan so you've got that coming and because of you know that it almost feels like a prequel series to to the new series that's coming because a lot of it is based around hope michelson who is the the child of klaus and uh it feels very much like it's setting up the spin-off quite a lot of the way through it. It does still come to a satisfactory ending for that show as well. It's kind of got some heartbreaking moments in it. It's uh, really well put together. I think it did a good job of sending off the original's cast, but it also does an incredibly good job of setting up the uh, spin-off as well, which uh, is going to be based around the magic school, which was uh, set up in Mystic Falls and uh, follows the child, basically. And it leaves the opportunity for basically anybody out of any of like the Vampire Diaries or the original shows that are still alive to be able to pop in and uh, do cameos. And I know they're, they're already doing that. So uh, it must be very weird for some of the actors that are in this show where they've, they've ended up playing the same character across three different shows yeah. now. I don't know how, how, how many other shows have done spin-offs of a spin-off of a spin-off. I can't think of... Can you think of any others? There are there are a few that do that. I mean, a lot of the more soapy things tend to do that, I guess. Yeah. And and things like the procedurals, like you know the NCISs and, yeah, and the CSIs, so, yeah. and uh, yeah, and that sort of thing. But they they don't always tend to be direct spin off things. I mean, some of the some of the NCIS stuff does, but mm. uh, there's very few that have you know are in genre TV that have managed to do this level of continuation. You know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, they've tried it with various things, but it's it's very rare that it actually works. I mean, look at things like Supernatural's tried just having one spin-off, you know, and they've tried that like three times, I think, now, and they've never got picked up. So... You know, the fact that she just writes very good drama and, uh, you know, and drama that connects with people and 
the characters connect with people, which is weird considering they're all vampires and werewolves. Vampires. <laughs> yeah, vampires, werewolves and witches. So, yeah. But uh, yeah, I've really enjoyed the fifth season of that. So, uh, and I'm looking forward to, hopefully somebody will pick up the spin-off. I'm, I'm hoping that Netflix will take it, will take Legacies, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I also started Ozark. First episode of that pretty much continues where the uh, first season left off. That's uh, a great show if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's about a guy who moves to the Ozark mountains which are in missouri to escape a drug cartel because he is basically laundering money for a cartel wants to sort of get out of it and ends up being found out and trying to escape to the ozarks but ends up still having to launder a large amount of money and also he's dealing with this sort of small town america stuff whilst he's there as well it's very much got a feel of something like Breaking Bad to it. It's um, Jason Bateman in the lead role. Mm. It, it's really good, well worth watching. Atypical season two. Started, no spoilers. Started <laughs> watching the first episode of that. I'm only one episode in for the, at the moment. I haven't because I was watching the originals. I've only managed mm. to sort of watch first episodes of a lot of these second season shows. Um, but atypical. I've thoroughly enjoyed the first episode. It's brilliant, as it was in the first season. It's really funny. It's one of the funniest, most endearing comedies you'll you'll watch. I think at the moment, it's really good. And Iron Fist also on Netflix. First episode of that came out. It generally seems to have gone down fairly well, having skimmed around the internet for for reviews from various different people. I enjoyed the first episode. I think there are a few things that they've definitely got right. Danny is much less mopey than he was in the first season he's much less irritating you've also got the uh new director new fight fight coordinator and uh new showrunner so that's made a huge huge difference the fight sequences are infinitely better than anything we had in the first season even in that first just in that first episode it just miles miles better than they have been so uh thoroughly enjoyed the first episode of that um i will give more of a review when we've when i've kind of watched the rest of it press was the other thing as well i watched last night that was uh that's this new drama which is set in fleet street in london or you know what we refer to as Fleet Street, where where all the papers are. And it essentially follows a Sun-type newspaper versus a Guardian-type newspaper. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, it, it's really good, really solid drama. Uh, ben Chapman's the kind of slimy editor of of the uh, the Sun-style newspaper. And Charlotte Riley's an editor at the um, the Guardian-style newspaper. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, it's um, just solid BBC drama. It's it's exactly the sort of thing you would expect from the BBC. It's very well put together. It's got this kind of interesting undertone of of this this plot going on about uh, this woman that's been killed by a police car that uh, didn't stop at the crime scene. So uh, so there's that going on. There also seems to be some sort of government project which they're trying to cover up, and the investigative reporters are trying to sort of look into it. And it it just sort of peels back a bit about life in that oh. industry. So, I found um, it. I found it. <laughs> yeah, really good. Really good. Well worth watching. So I would recommend Excellent. that. The last thing I just want to mention, I won't talk much about it because I know you'll zone out completely on this. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the uh, the Spider-Man game came out 
out, out this week on uh, PlayStation. And uh, I have to say, it, it is absolutely brilliant. I've been playing it incessantly pretty much since it came out. It's absolutely superb. If you like things like the Batman Arkham City games, it's it's very similar in gameplay to uh, what you expect from those games, just transposed into a Marvel Universe with Spider-Man. But you're swinging around and you know taking out bad guys and uh, very well plotted. It seems to go on forever. There are points when you assume that the story is going to come to an end and it doesn't. So uh, I'm very appreciative of that. It's it's kept me going for uh, all weekend so far. So I've I've been thoroughly enjoying that. Go out and get it. It's really good. So that's all the stuff we've been doing. Let's move on to some TV and film news. So we'll start off the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations and pickups as ever. A couple of renewals, Ballers and Insecure have both been renewed by HBO. That's uh, Ballers for season five and Insecure for season four. They've been picked up. Narcos season four, which is actually titled Narcos Mexico, because they've sort of recast everybody basically and moved everything to Mexico for this season. That coming to Netflix on the 16th of November, they announced uh, there's a trailer up for that, which is on the website. You can go and have a look at that. Uh, looks really good. I really like Narcos. It was the first three seasons of that were absolutely superb. So uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. It's They're now moving, looking at the Mexico cartels rather than the uh, Colombian cartels. Some good news for Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Fans season six of that has now had its order extended by uh, five episodes, I think, because I think it was 13, and it's now up to 18 episodes, which is absolutely superb news. Hey. So uh, that's got a longer order. Uh, I doubt if it will get moved up again from that, but 18 episodes is still a pretty solid run. It's only down a couple from what it was when it was on Fox, so that's great. Mm -hmm. Doctor Who Season 11, they've announced that is coming on the 7th of October. Uh, And for our American cousins, it's also coming on the 7th of October and he's being simulcast on BBC America at the same time, which uh, is actually something quite reasonable. It's like 11am over there. It's not like going to be 2am in the morning like it is when they simulcast stuff over here. So, um, uh, so I noticed it's Sunday. Dave. Yes, that's, that's, a, that's a difference. Yes, first time the main show, as somebody pointed out when I posted this story, because I knew they would, because I said it's the first time it's ever been aired on a Sunday, and somebody pointed out, well, it's not the first time ever because they air the specials on a Sunday, and that is true. If this, if Christmas is Christmas Day is on a on a Sunday, they air the specials on a Sunday, but uh, uh, it's it's the first time the regular show has gone out on a regular Sunday night slot. Because I mean, I'm old enough to remember the original series going out weekday. So uh, it sort of settled into that Saturday night slot. I think a Sunday night slot is quite a good place to put it, though. Um, yeah, I think it might be a little bit better than a Saturday because Saturday is still a very... People go out a lot during that evening, don't they? Yeah, And I suppose exactly. Sunday, more people are in. Sunday night dramas are getting a lot of like good coverage at the moment as well. Yeah, I think it's a good spot for it. I mean, BBC always used to have a sort of 6.30 family Sunday night drama. That was when a lot of the more family-based drama used to go out. So I think mm-hmm. it fits that slot really well, actually. I think that's probably a better place for it. I don't know. It was obviously, it's Doctor Who. It's going to do reasonably well wherever you put it. So yeah. I, I think, you know, but I think this is, a, this is a good place to to put it down as a sort of family viewing thing, I think, you know, because like you say, people are more likely to be in on a Sunday evening, I think. Mm. Uh, and uh, the last bit of, of really good news, uh, Designated Survivor has been saved by Netflix for a 10-episode third season, they announced, which I actually think is the 
perfect thing to do. It'll be a Netflix original drama. It went out on the US on a, on a network channel. It uh, went out on Netflix around the world. They've now picked it up as a Netflix original series. But uh, as we know, Netflix don't usually do more than 13 episode runs. They've actually said this will be a 10 episode run. I think there is a lot you can cut out of that show. There is a lot of baggage, I think, that came on that show and a lot of bagginess that I think you could get rid of. So mm. I think having a 10 episode run will streamline it a lot. I think it's uh, it, it could slightly tweak the direction of of what they're doing with it as well so uh, i think that's going to be interesting it looks like it's going to be really good though i mean i i thoroughly enjoyed the first couple of seasons of that so i'm glad to have it back and uh, i think having 10 episodes of it is probably the best way to do it moving on to bigger news henry cavill has been cast as Geralt of rivia in uh, the witcher series and uh, again this is sort of semi-gaming related so i don't know how tuned in you are to the uh, the witcher stuff not at all <laughs> okay uh, i mean the witcher is a bunch of novels and then the novels were turned into some incredibly popular games they are one of the best or certainly the third in the series is one of the best rpgs ever made i would say it's superbly put together and considering where they started which uh you know the the first witcher game was good but they were they ended up having to revoice a load of stuff because it was really badly done when they first released it and but they pulled it back together and uh it just improved throughout the 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 various um games the third one was absolutely superb the novels i've never actually read but uh they're now producing this tv series which is based on the novels and the game interestingly henry apparently is a huge fan of the novels and the game so he's the the right person i think to take this he seems very 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 excited about it from uh, from all the reports we've been seeing obviously he's uh well known in movies as uh, playing Superman in the uh, DCU. He's also been starring in Mission Impossible recently as well. Has done TV work before. The only TV credit I can really see for him is The Tudors, where he played Charles Brandon uh, on The Tudors. But um, he's a huge fan of the books. So I I think, you know, it's it's a perfect person to cast in this. And I think he got the right look for it he's he's possibly a bit younger than maybe i expected but i still think he can make it work he'll do a really good job with it so um yeah i'm i'm very happy with that there has been some controversy around the casting of siri who is the uh the sort of child or adopted child of Geralt in the uh, books and in the uh, video games because they're apparently looking for, I can't remember the acronym in their years, but it's basically an African-American or um, you know person of colour to take that role, okay. um, which usually you would celebrate, but it sort of completely goes against the character description in the games and in the book. Um, mm. And that's had some people upset. And it's a tricky one. It's such a controversial issue throughout all film and television at the moment you've got to be so careful it must be really difficult to be a casting director yeah, um, yeah. in this day and age at the moment too because I mean, um, you've got that challenge you know good performer or you know the yeah. idea of staying true to the role and you know I, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes when they have to make some of these decisions it is it's, it's really tough I mean I'm sure there are other characters as well in that show that you could have swapped 
the race off. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, that was the apparent casting call that went out. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure whoever gets it will be brilliant in it. But it just seems like an odd thing to do, considering it's it's so specific. That just seems like a very weird change. However, <laughs> moving <laughs> on. Um, Freeform has greenlit a uh, reboot of Party of Five, which, for those of you who don't know, do you know the TV show Party of Five? I never watched it, but I'm fully aware of it. Um, I think it was just a little bit before my time, so I was more of Friends era and Party of Five was a little bit earlier. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a 90s show. Um, yeah. I think it actually did run slightly into the t- early 2000s, but it was basically a 90s show. Mm. Uh, the original show follows five siblings who are left orphaned when a drunk driver kills their parents. This new version of it, I actually think is quite clever what they've done because it puts an immigration twist on it by uh, taking five children who are having to survive together after their parents are deported back to Mexico. So mm. I, I, I think that's quite a clever way of updating it for for a sort of more modern era and and very timely obviously with things that are going on in america at the moment so i i think that's that's quite sensible use of updating the the show the new version's coming from the original show creators who uh wrote the pilot with uh michael zibdi who uh was a writer on castle so uh yeah i mean it's it's from the original people which i think is always good you know if you're going to reboot something to have the original people back involved i don't know i i think this could be quite a good drama if it ends up going to series the moment it's currently only a pilot so pilot yeah i imagine it will i think with the current state of like the reboot um sort of society and culture we're in and how quickly they can be streamed i can imagine this one going to a full series you know it's on the back of some really really successful re-pickups so yeah yeah totally and then we've got some uh, DCU casting news as well uh, for uh, the uh, new DC streaming service. Fortunately, we still don't know anything about what's going to happen internationally with those shows. Uh, mm. There was a rumour flying around that they may not be launching it internationally at all and the series may go to Netflix. But I, I don't know how true that is. That was a suggestion that I think that kept popped up online. Whether that is going to happen or not, I don't know. It would seem odd to me if they do that because I mean, unless they're having a lot of trouble internationally getting the rights to a lot of the things, you know, like the the old shows, that maybe the international rights have gone somewhere else. But mm. I would have thought that it shouldn't be a huge issue for DC to, to have the international rights to most of their own stuff you know um, yeah. if they want to if they want it or, or get it back unless they've resolved on ridiculously long contracts because it's not so much the original stuff that they're creating now it's all the other stuff that goes with it it's the um things like the batman the animated series the justice league series it's whether they are in long contracts with i don't know amazon or netflix or you know sky for those that yeah. they couldn't launch it without having a massively reduced service. So I don't know. But um, yes, that was a story that was floating around. But um, in terms of casting news, they've uh, cast Crystal Reed, who people will most recently have seen on Gotham playing uh, Sophia Falcone on Gotham. But she's going to be playing the main female 
lead on Swamp Thing. She's playing Dr. Abby Arcane, who is, uh, well, in the comic book, she's actually the wife of Swamp Thing. But uh, in this, it's sort of much earlier in the relationship. It's, she sort of meets Alex Holland, who, is, who goes on to be turned into Swamp Thing. She meets him for the first time. So, uh, and then sort of they end up in a sort of uh, friend relationship. And it does describe him as the potential love of her life. So obviously there is something going on there. But um, yeah, I think this is kind of interesting. There was a couple more things that came out about Swamp Thing. Is they're apparently they're going with a physical costume for Swamp Thing as well. Oh, not CGI. Not CGI. No, I mean whether it will be CGI enhanced, I don't know. But they have said that it will be a physical costume. So they are having practical effects, which is is kind of interesting. Yeah. But they have said that it's it's going to look amazing and won't look like a man in a suit. I was going to say, I've got this really horrible image of like one of those 70s TV dramas and a man like, oh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they did do a Swamp Thing TV series back in the 90s and uh, that did look like a man in a suit. You know, but I guess the prosthetics have moved on a lot since those days. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of interesting that they're doing that they're also saying that it's going to be a hard r as well so uh, 18 rated basically oh which is is interesting it's not yeah. going to be aimed at a younger audience it's i uh, which seems to be the thing with these because titans is most definitely not aimed at, at your sort of tween audience given the sweary robin in uh, the titans trailer if you saw that uh where he um insults batman shall we say yeah that uh you know i they, they're obviously going for an older audience audience with this service so uh I, I i think that's kind of interesting they have also cast somebody else in swamp thing maria sten is also joining swamp thing as a character called liz tremaine who is close childhood friend of abby arcane's uh who splits her time between reporting for the local paper and bartending at a raging father's roadhouse bar no nonsense attitude belly's in deep compassion for her friends and family as she sets out on an uncompromising quest to expose the secrets that threaten her beloved town that's the character description for that character she's been in Channel Zero and straight out of Compton. They seem to be kind of pulling the cast together for that. One thing they haven't cast for that show is uh, the guy that's going to be playing Alec Holland, who goes on to be Swamp Thing. Although if they're using a suit, I do wonder if they're going to end up with two two actors playing that. Whether you're going to have one person playing Alan, Alex Holland and maybe a really big guy playing the Swamp Thing with the other guy voicing him, possibly. Oh, don't know. That's, uh, that's um, going back to sort of Star Wars casting, isn't it? The different yeah, voice yeah, yeah. to the different characters. So. Yeah. Although, because <laughs> they are doing that with Robot Man on the uh, other show, which we're coming on to talk about, uh, Doom Patrol. Um, um, they're doing that with Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser's playing Robot Man and Cliff Steele before he becomes Robot Man in that show, but somebody else will actually be playing the physical role on set, and then Brendan Fraser's going to voice it. Oh, different. uh, so yes, they are doing it with the other shows. So maybe they'll do it with this one. I don't, maybe. don't know. Uh, but yes, casting on that, they've announced Timothy Dalton is taking the role of the chief on Doom Patrol. And uh, the chief is otherwise known as Dr. Calder. And uh, he's the pioneer in medical science, searching the world over for those on the edge of death in need of a miracle. So he's sort of the uh, the guy that 
brings the whole Doom Patrol together because they're all people that have suffered horrific accidents and he pulls them mm. together and turns them into these super team. Uh, Calder will stop at nothing to help those who believes in need, including his collection of strange heroes known as the Doom Patrol. So uh, Timothy Dalton, of course, people will remember as, well, Bond. He played James <laughs> Bond. Uh, he also starred as Rassilon in uh, Doctor Who. He was in Chuck as well and uh, most recently played Malcolm Murray in um, Penny Dreadful. Been steadily in work over the years. <laughs> that guy, uh, since he played Bond, so um, I think he's a good choice as well. I, I can see him in that role. Apart from the the character in the comic books had like a massive ginger beard, so whether they'll make give, make him ginger for it, I don't know. <laughs> so, but yes, looks good. And that's all the news for this week. Next, we've got an interview. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The interview this week is with Hagen Badansky, who is cinematographer for, um, well, a number of things, but uh, the main show he's been working on at the moment is Berlin Station. Berlin Station is coming to Morfor at some point in the autumn. They haven't nailed down a date for it yet. Um, so uh, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to get him on, to be coming to Morfor later. He also did a bit of work on uh, Counterpart as well, which I think we mentioned recently. That's coming to Stars Play, the uh, Amazon add-on channel. That's coming at the end of September for that. He's worked on a number of films as well, uh, Young Victoria, The Lives of Others, The Physician. He's actually based out in uh, Germany. And uh, I mean, he's German and actually based out in Germany, which is kind of different because usually when I talk to people, they're in New York or LA. So uh, it was actually nice to talk to somebody who is in working in his uh, main country as well. And uh, he's done a lot of German language movies and and uh, TV shows and all that sort of stuff. He also worked on Papillion, which uh, stars Tony Hunnan and Rami Malek from Mr. Robot, which is a film which I think came out recently or is due out soon. So uh, he's been working on that as well. We talk a little bit about that. We mainly talk about Berlin Station because that's the sort of big thing. He also joined as a director for the first time on uh, Berlin Station as well and will be directing upcoming episodes. So he's sort of in the process of of doing some sort of cinematography and transitioning into doing some directing as well. So uh, he was very interesting, really great to talk to. Here's the interview with Hagen. We'll uh, see you afterwards with some highlights for next week. Hi, Hagen. David, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? Very well. It's lovely to have you uh, come on and uh, spend a bit of time to chat. We'll start off with a little bit of background. How did you get into the industry in the first place? Uh, I started out as an uh, actor, as a child actor, basically. So, uh, well, you will not see it anymore. I had long hair, I'm playing the guitar, all that kind of stuff. And then I became interested uh, in, in this man who's sitting behind the camera. And I thought, oh, wait a minute, that's even maybe more interesting than acting. And that's how everything started, basically. And, right. Uh, uh, so therefore, I, I had some contact. And during my uh, high school time and my university time, I, yeah, kept us con- contact and from there on yeah it went straight on until now <laughs> 
Um, and you've done a, a lot of movies and stuff in uh, Germany and uh, yes. a, a, a few of the stuff internationally, like uh, Papillion, which is the the film which you had out recently. But Berlin Station, like I say, is, is a thing which is about to start over here. So I, that would be a good place to pick up, I think. How did you get involved with that show? Uh, good one. I just, the show came to Berlin. Paramount uh, based himself in Berlin and I think they were looking for a, a, a local cinema, cinematographer, but uh, one who has uh, international experience because it's quite a big show uh, shot in, in American or uh, international style. And then I think it's the usual thing. They thought sorted out some names. Uh, I was one of them and uh, I made it. So <laughs> it's easy, easy or not easy like this. Yeah. You're the sole cinematographer on that show as well. You? Yes. I, so the, the idea was that uh, the um, cinematographer and the production designer is always the same. And uh, to keep the visual um, consistency of the show and the directors are changing. So uh, let's say you have uh, one season is 10 episodes. So every uh, director get uh, two episodes. So we usually we have five directors per season, uh, and, but only one cinematographer, that's me, and one production designer. Uh, uh, for This was uh, for season one and two. Now we are in season three, and uh, I became a director by myself. So uh, Paramount promoted me, and so I, I was. There's now there's a, another cinematographer on it because when I'm directing, yeah. I, I try to concentrate on directing. Uh, but as as you said in the beginning, I'm the only, still I, I think the only cinematographer on the show. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah, which I mean that that's kind of a rarity with a lot of TV shows because quite often yes. they have two people and and you, yes. you know they flip backwards and forwards. Yeah, that's the same. It was the same as Counterpart, where we have where you have two, let's say, uh, cinematographers sharing the workload and also the credit, of course, which is I think the more usual way to do it because the workload is quite heavy and the schedule is overlapping and all all kinds of this. Uh, but on, on Berlin Station, it was just me. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe well, I should have for, for a second one permanently. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was the idea behind it. Yeah, yeah, because it tends to be that one's prepping while one's shooting. and then you Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a normal procedure, I think, in the TV world. But here, uh, I think, yeah, I do everything mm. at once. So yeah. that's it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it, it makes sense to me because cinematography is the one one of those things that can can make or break the sort of film or or TV show. I think because quite often you've got different directors coming in, and yes. you know, like you say, uh, you know, and other other people may change. But if the cinematography is wrong when you're shooting it. It can yeah. make the show look rubbish if you've not got it right. Yeah, I mean, every director has his own style, so um, so it makes completely sense to uh, to stay with one or maybe two cinematographers. And if if there are two, then the communication should be real solid between them. And 
yeah, otherwise uh, the show falls apart or in terms of visuals. Uh, and this, this is something Paramount never wanted. So, yeah, so yeah. here we are. With having different directors, as, as opposed to sort of working on a, on a film, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you've got one director going all the way through. How is the relationship with the director and when you're switching directors out sort of every two episodes, how, how does that process work? Yeah, it's complete different work style in the opposite the feature film world where you have a, let's say, a decent amount of prep, usually four to six weeks in front of every feature film. And then you can talk to one person and you develop the visual language and you can develop a shot list together or look at films together and try to uh, have your, let's say, a visual language together. Here, in, in, in general, in the TV world, when the directors are flying in and out, it comes in on, uh, let's say, much shorter notice. So you don't have that time, basically. Mm. So maybe you have one day of with him to talk about everything. Also, usually uh, the, the directors, they know what they, which jobs they're picking up. So they saw other... Um, episodes and then you just quickly talk about it and uh, one ep- one director might say oh I want to shoot everything handheld and then you as a cinematographer uh, say uh, wait a minute this is not the visual concept uh, you saw it it's, it's, everything is well, let's say a steadicam or everything is uh, no movement at all and then the discussion begins yeah it's shorter the prep it's not so much your own child because you're part of a, a, a whole series. And mm-hmm. uh, then there's a showrunner also, which says, oh, no, we don't, we never did this. We don't want this. So there's this lots, lots of people are, um, you don't have the creative freedom, let's say it this way to uh, explore the world from the beginning because the world is already existing and you're stepping in, uh, you still can do your own stuff and you you can try to, um, let's say for the directors to bring in their own visual language or of course their own staging and blocking and so, but the overall uh, world is existing mm. uh, from character, from the production design, from the light, from everything. So it's less flexible of uh, inventing the world new. Let's say it's a way. Yeah. And, and I mean, with you stepping into uh, the directing chair for, for Berlin Station, mm. I mean, was that something you'd always wanted to do? Yes. Yeah. The answer is straight. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I never pushed it hard. So uh, I never advertised myself. Maybe this was a mistake, but maybe not. <laughs> but uh, when the chance came, when the chance chance came, uh, and uh, Paramount and uh, our producers from uh, Berlin asked me to do it, I immediately said yes because I shot the first two seasons as a single cinematographer. I I know all the actors. I love them all. They all love me. Thanks God. And so it was an easy pitch. Uh, and then uh, Paramount said yes, and then. From there on, uh, I stepped into it. But uh, it's funny enough. Uh, yesterday was my last shooting day as a director, right? And today is my first day of prepping again as a director of photography for another director. So this is is exactly what we're talking. What we are talking about. I mean, I, I met the next director just today, and uh, she did her prep while I was shooting my episode. So it's very short communication. I mean, you mm. talk to someone. 
for two, three hours. And the next day you have 200 extras and three cameras and you start working together. So it's, I think it's more about trust and it's more about you do your job and I do my job. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's more like this, say, basically. Uh, it's also when I was stepping in as a director and I had my own cinematographer, uh, let's say, which I was happy uh, with because I chose him. Uh, but still, I mean, you, you look at it and you think, oh, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> well, why is he doing this? Uh, because uh, I, I never did it. Or well, why, why is this so complicated? Or why is this so easy? So it's a it's a completely different world you, you're stepping in. And uh, but it was it's fascinating. So I really love it. And yeah. uh, but you. But again, you have to trust somebody else and uh, say, okay, maybe I'm not so happy right now what he's doing, but okay, I let him keep doing it. Yeah. So because I have to concentrate on my stuff, yeah. I, have to work, I have to work with the show, one of the writers, the actors, of course, the actors, the actors, the actors. And then uh, I have to yeah, let things go. And this, this was what yeah. happened. Basically. Yeah, I, I imagine that that's got to be one of the toughest things is is taking your brain away from from being yes. the director of photography to focus yeah, yeah. on the direct. Don't forget, this was my brain for 20 years. Yeah. So I, I couldn't, I mean, this was like shock, uh, not the shock, but uh, something which felt strange. But uh, I, I think I made it. Uh, it took one or two days to accomplish it. But then I, I, I was completely out of the technical yeah. world. Uh, and uh, I, I, yeah, I was happy to forget it. Yeah, I mean, it, it also makes sense moving into the director side of things for the cinematographer, particularly on a show that you've been working on and you set up, because you then go back to you know, what you were saying about having those longer discussions with film directors. Yes. If you were the cinematographer and the director on an episode, you, yeah. you're, you're sort of having those discussions internally, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Then I really... Uh, no, I think this... I mean... No, this is this would be too much. I think. I yeah. think you have to concentrate on on the on the acting, on the directing, on the staging, and uh, if someone comes up and, and and got a good idea which you never had before, this is also good because you need people to uh, contribute. I think, and uh, so I was happy with my cinematographer because he had some great ideas which mm. I was too busy with my directing acting stuff to think about so i still believe in the system that there is a director and a director of photography yeah yeah what's the most fun thing about doing the job that you do as a director of photography yes lighting so light is everything for me i i'm i'm the big fan of uh, and uh, if i can do something really good this this is all uh, then i then it's a lighting yeah because this is what i love to work with gaffers and to and with production designers and to or let's say what we often do here on the show is to create we we shoot mostly on location but we have a couple of big also uh, stage builds and uh, this this is what i love to have to show the right background or backdrop and to give it a day or night or sunset or morning feeling and uh, uh, in the studio and uh, yeah, just to play around with light, which is appropriate always to the emotions, I think, of the scene and not counterbalancing it. Uh, well, sometimes counterbalancing could be nice too, but uh, this is what I really love to light a set and then shoot it. Yeah, I mean, li lighting's so vital. Uh, yes. Yeah, because it. 
it, it can completely alter how things come out. I mean, you, you see, I having done in my ancient past some 3D modeling work, and you know from doing that just the amount of difference that having bad lighting on a model yeah. <laughs> compared to having good light, and, and it translates very much into film and TV and that sort of stuff. Absolutely. I mean, bad lighting on actors is uh, horrible, I think, especially on women. And uh, no, I'm super keen about the uh, lighting, especially women, and uh, give them the right and beautiful light. And also with with every set and every build, so so every production designer should get the best light his work uh, or his set uh, required. And that's what I'm super keen about and super crazy about. And that's what, that's what I love. Do you prefer to use natural light if you can, or? Do you want more control over it? No, not necessarily. I I, I prefer uh, I prefer nothing. I mean, I I do uh, whatever is necessary. Natural light is good, but it's not constant. Of course, it has its own quality. Of course, which is uh, I mean, it's God's quality. Uh, so. <laughs> As a cinematographer, you try to re replicate it uh, in the studio or, or any, anywhere else. But of course, if, over a period of, let's say, 10 hours, uh, as the light has to be consistent for yeah. the season. And you cannot say, OK, I shoot it available. I have two hours. And then the director comes in and said, OK, but I have uh, eight pages. I cannot do it in two hours. So you have to give the, him the uh, flexibility of shooting it for eight hours and uh, the consistency of the light is a real big thing in the in the feature film world and also in the tv world of course so this is one point and then of course the light has to have his own character or adds his own character to the actors or the uh, or the show or the, uh, especially on to the story so it's a mixture of a lot of things but it's i think it's super fascinating and it never stops so it's great yeah <laughs> yeah what's been the most challenging thing for you on a project it doesn't necessarily need to be berlin station actually you know? no 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 let's let's talk about papillon for instance this is uh, where we shot the prison in complete natural daylight this was the most challenging part because uh, the shooting started a little late so we started in september uh, late august september until november and then the weather changes changed a lot and we had this big set big set on, on the top of the mountain so we always deal with sun no sun clouds sun from the wrong perspective from the right perspective then rain comes in and then finally finally not snow but we had a lot of bad weather at the end so and this not fighting the weather and the light but to to make it to your advantages uh, and to, to advance to enter the story this i think is the most challenge because then you have to talk to the first AD about the schedule, which is shoot it better in the morning or in the evening, or now today it's raining, yesterday it was sun, it never match. Can we wait two more days? Can we delay this scene? Can we pull other scenes forward? So this was a real logistic, not nightmare, but let's say challenge. Yeah, yeah. Is there a particular moment in your career so far that really stands out as uh, you know either something you did or you know something you're very proud of or something that was particularly entertaining or or interesting or Yeah, I mean I I'm super proud of uh, that Paramount uh, announced me as a director for the third season. 
and uh, I'm super proud that they're so happy with it that they uh, give me uh, for in the next season even more episodes to direct. Brilliant. So this is, this is uh, I think, super brilliant, and uh, this is cool. And as a, of course, as a cinematographer, every time I think uh, the actors are looking good and uh, feeling comfortable in their environment, uh, especially in, in their light, I'm super excited about it. Uh, uh, so, and to most of them, they, recog they, they recognize it, and they, uh, some of them come to you and thank you for that. And I think it's, uh, it's my job, it's my profession, and it's, uh, I, I'm happy to do it. But if, if this happens, then I, I think then I succeeded in a way. And then, then I'm super proud and happy about it. Good, good. Obviously, you're shooting uh, Berlin Station at the moment. Have you got any other projects that you want to talk about that are coming up? Well, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I don't know if Counterpart comes back, uh, Berlin Station uh, comes back, uh, and uh, there's also a big TV show coming up uh, called Black Box Berlin, which is a more uh, contemporary uh, produced um, show. Uh, which uh, which I'm uh, attached as a director. Oh, cool! And yeah, this will come up. It's a, it's German uh, based production, a Bavaria film, but we will shoot it hopefully uh, not next year, but the year after next year in twenty. It's it's huge uh, for it's a huge show, and uh, this is something I'm really looking forward to. We are into financing and casting right now, uh, but it looks quite promising. So Black Box Berlin will happening uh, in the near, near future. Is that a German language, German-based? Yes, uh, yes, exactly. This is not. Uh, this is German language-based uh, production, uh, and the storytelling is uh, four different characters in Berlin living in complete separate uh, hoods and uh, neighborhoods. And then finally, uh, they uh, integrate to each other. So it's a multi-perspective story about four, four different uh, families, which then uh, interact over the course of uh, 10 uh, episodes. Oh, wow. That sounds like it's, it's going to be really good. We, yeah, we, yeah. Do, we do get some foreign language. I know it's not foreign language to you, but foreign language films uh, and TV yeah. shows over here. We, do, we, we have uh, certain stations that show purely that. So... Uh, okay. So yeah, we we get quite a lot of the you know Italian and some German and French and you know a lot of the Swedish Swedish yes. Norway stuff. Yeah, so. yeah, Denmark, Swedish, Norway. They they they're doing shooting a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll end with my final usual two questions. The first question is: What TV shows are you watching at the moment? Uh, none. <laughs> I'm super busy uh, shooting, directing, editing. Yeah. I see, I see. Uh, honestly, I see nothing. <laughs> That's not uncommon that some people say. Yeah, it's it's either it's either I've, I'm too busy to watch things, or I've been staring at screens all day. The last thing I want to do when I go home is watch more. <laughs> <laughs> no, so. I mean, there are great TV shows out there. Out there. But uh, you tell me, what's, what, what, what are you looking at right now? Uh, I just finished the Jack Ryan series on oh, okay. Amazon. Uh, this, is, uh, this is quite new on Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah, just came out yeah. last week, that. Um, that's so, really good, really, really it? good. Okay, so then I will look at it. I'm yeah. a big uh, Jack Ryan fan from the feature films, of course. What do you think about The Crown? The Crown's an amazing show. Is it? 
Okay, yeah. cool. I have to see it. Uh, I never saw it, uh, but it's uh, of course. I think it's, it's Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah. The Crown's yeah. a Netflix series. That's well worth watching on Netflix. Uh, Ozark is the other one that's worth watching. Ozark, on Netflix. Yes, I also heard about Ozark. Very yeah. good. Second okay. season of that's just come out, and Better Call Saul, which is running over here as well at the moment. Okay, so the- you see a lot, man. Yeah, I yeah. Well, yes. I'm running a TV site. I I spend most of my day watching TV on and off. So, <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um, and uh, the last question will be: If you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, a past, present, or future TV show, which one would it be? I, I think that's why I mentioned the Crown. I just saw one piece of it, and uh, just a ten minutes piece, and I think it looked great. And I shot the Young Victoria as a feature film. Yeah, sure. Uh, in in london and if there is any uh, uk based show i would love to work on then it would be the crown i think yeah yeah very good choice <laughs> it's a great Thanks. show awesome well it's been lovely to talk to you i'm um, you very very happy to have you on i'm very much looking forward to actually seeing berlin station having heard about it for about two years now so yeah, sure. yeah. so uh, i'm looking forward to seeing that and i'm very much looking forward to watching counterparts as well because uh, that arrives at the end of the month so uh Yes. Yeah. So let, let me know. Let me know how you like it. I will oh, do. If, if you like it at all, <laughs> I will do. Awesome. All right. But have a great day. Thanks for coming Thanks, on. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. So that was the interview with Hagen Badansky. As I mentioned earlier, Berlin Station is coming to More 4 at some point in autumn. Uh, Counterpart is coming the end of September to Stars Play. You can find that, which is the add-on channel you can get through Amazon. Now we'll move on to some highlights for next week on TV. So highlights for next week. Uh, we're we're getting into that point where a lot of things start to come back again. So uh, too much. My head hurts. I can't take it all. <laughs> yes, yes. It's it's been it's already started, and it's it's only going to get worse as we. I mean, October is <laughs> insane. First, we've got uh, fresh off the boat coming up. That's coming back to five star for its third season. That's on the twelfth of September at eight pm. Never seen that, but I guess it's quite a funny sitcom. So yeah, I've I've watched season one. I need to watch season two before I watch that one. So. Yes, yeah. Trust is a new drama coming to BBC Two. It's a US drama, stars Donald Sutherland. It's about the kidnapping of John Paul Getty III, the heir to the Getty oil fortune. Stars Donald Sutherland and Hilary Swank, written by Simon Beaufoy, who wrote Slumdog Millionaire, and it's exec produced by Danny Boyle. So it's the Slumdog Millionaire team behind it. Um, It was originally set to be on Sky, and uh, for some reasons known best to Sky, they decided not to air it and it ended up on BBC Two. So Interesting. I don't know why that happened, but but it did. So uh, trust season one of that, or it may just be a one of our drama. Don't quote me on there being more seasons of it. But uh, that's coming to BBC Two on the 12th of September at 9pm. You can watch that. No offence, the brilliant, brilliant cop drama, um, comedy cop drama, I guess. It's comedy-esque. Cop drama. Uh, season three of that is uh, coming on the 13th of September to Channel 4 at 9pm. Uh, it's hilarious. It's from the creator of Shameless and it's just really funny, dark, wonderfully entertaining. I love the characters in that show. It's brilliant. So we're uh, 13th of September at 9pm for that for no offence. Uh, one I know a lot of people have been waiting for, A Discovery of Witches. This is coming to Sky One on the 14th of September at 9pm. Contemporary love story set against the backdrop of Oxford academic life, but in a world where a handful of witches, vampires and demons live and work unseen amongst 
humans hiding in plain sight. Looks like it could be brilliant, this. And uh, it's, it's very rare we get kind of homegrown, you know, fantasy stuff. So mm. I'm I'm quite looking forward to seeing how this fares on Sky One. Could be a really good show. This uh, 14th of September at 9 p.m. for that. BoJack Horseman season five of that back on the 14th of September on Netflix. I I be, keep on being told to watch this and I still haven't got around to it. Uh, yeah, I'm a couple of seasons into that now. So yes, yes, I I'm told it's very good. There is a show called Forever season one of that coming to Amazon Prime on the 14th of September. That is a comedy drama about June and Oscar who find themselves way outside their normal suburban comfort zone i have no idea any more about it than that but uh could be one to go and look out for uh killing eve finally is uh coming both to bbc3 and bbc1 on the 15th of september it's actually being dropped as a box set on bbc3 so you can binge your way through it but if you uh got crap internet connection and you want to uh you need to watch it weekly uh 15th of september at 9 15 it starts on bbc1 spy thriller from BBC America that so um, looks really really good it's from where Phoebe Waller-Bridger and uh, all reports say that it's brilliant and it's coming back for another season I think so um, one to go and watch that so uh, I think that's everything unless you've got anything you want to add well only because uh, we are on a podcast I've decided to start teaching podcasts at school today um, ah. I've been teaching them to my older students so um, I've been teaching them all about the podcast industry so if anybody out there delivers their own podcast like us at Geek Town and wants to contact me on my Twitter at Grey the Geek um, I will and give me some tips and advice that I can teach the students um, that would be really really helpful awesome Oh, very cool. Raising the next generation of podcasters. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but for, uh, for us throughout the week, you can obviously go to geektown.co.uk. We've got lots of news going up at the moment and air dates coming in like ridiculously fast. So uh, go and check out the air date page. Go and check out the news feed. There is lots of news coming in. Uh, if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on Instagram at geektown UK. That's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.